seated. Did anyone else remember wish books from when you were a kid? I vividly remember we were living on a farm in Illinois, and the Sears and the Pennies catalogs would come in like clockwork in late November, early December. And my mother would ask us to look through them and circle what we wanted for Christmas. I see from some head nods here I'm not the only one. As I was the oldest, I can remember getting, getting handed the cat, these big, huge catalogs, my brothers sitting beside me, and then eventually my much younger sister. I think I'm contractually obligated to always call her my much younger sister. And I, as the oldest, it was my job to quickly get from that huge section that had all the clothes and the shoes and all that boring stuff to the toys. And then we would always first study each page thoroughly, turning, looking, turning, looking. And then after we were done with the entire toy section, we'd move on to any kind of sporting goods and outdoor equipment before going back to the beginning of toys and then starting to circle and put names by things. And as the oldest, it was always my job to circle and then scribble who wanted it. We'd always, as we were trying to decide what we could circle, because there's always that discussion about what was cool, what wasn't cool, what we liked, what we didn't like, what mom and dad would actually let us have. My brothers and I were convinced that we should have a seven and a half foot long G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. My dad was in the Navy. It was huge and cool. My parents, not so much. I'm sure that our teachers would have loved if we had shown that kind of dedication in studying for our subjects as we did going through those catalogs. And when we were done, we would circle everything, make sure that all of our names were in the right places, and submit the list to our parents. And then the waiting would begin. Advent continues this morning. And we are still waiting. Long lay the world in sin and error pining as the carol goes, waiting for Christmas and waiting for Jesus' coming again. Put on the robe of righteousness that comes from God. Put on your head the diadem of the glory of the everlasting. Last week we talked about the prophet Jeremiah and his ministry, how his ministry was one of calling out in judgment. And then having to watch as Jerusalem fell and his kin and countrymen were killed or scattered. And in the midst of all that was going on, Jeremiah could still look forward in hope and preach and prophesy that salvation was coming. Baruch, which I know is a strange name for what we were reading this morning, Baruch was Jeremiah's scribe. He was his friend and his disciple. The book of Jeremiah tells the story of how when Jeremiah had to go in hiding because the king was looking for him because of his ministry, he told Baruch to take the scrolls of what God had been telling Jeremiah and go to the temple and read the scrolls. Wait till a fast day so that most of Judah and Jerusalem were assembled so that maybe, just maybe, they'll hear God's word and turn to him. And the book of Jeremiah tells us Baruch went and did that. And when Jeremiah was carried off to Egypt, Baruch went too. Here we're reading a long portion of a poem attributed to Baruch that's sometimes called the Poem of Consolation. And that consolation is what his friend had prophesied. That God will use everything that's going on to one day have the whole world proclaim. God will give you evermore the name 
righteous peace and godly glory, that in his compassion, God would gather them all back together. Look towards the east and see your children gathered from the west and the east. Look towards Jerusalem, wherever you're at. Your salvation is coming. How right Baruch was. For God has ordered that every mountain and the everlasting hills be made low and the valleys filled up to make level ground so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of God. The woods and every fragrant tree have shaded Israel at God's command. For God will lead Israel with joy in the light of his glory, with his mercy and righteousness that come from him. God's compassion will be kindled towards his people. Now, Baruch is quoting a couple of passages from Isaiah here. Isaiah 49 says, I will turn all the mountains to roads, and my highways will be raised up. And from Isaiah 40, Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground will become smooth, and the rugged land a plain. You may have heard that before a couple of times this morning. Why is God rearranging the very landscape? Is it to show his awesome power? No. It's to allow his people, Baruch says, to walk safely in him. The trees even provides for shade. God's plan is to show his people compassion and then to lead them in the light of his glory with the mercy and righteousness that comes from him. God is going to prepare the way. But those mountains and valleys that Isaiah prophesies about in Baruch and in Luke quote are not the physical ones we see. I think that the mountains and the valleys that they're talking about here are the ones in our hearts. Remember, look towards the east. In the 15th year of the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod the ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Licinius was ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Luke's reminding us here that in a very real time, in a very real place, John was sent by God to preach. John, you may remember, was a miracle baby. Zechariah and his wife had been trying for years to conceive. And then one day, when Zechariah had his, one of his few opportunities to perform his duties in the temple, an angel appears to him. And Gabriel tells him, Don't be afraid. You're about to have a son. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God was sending John to continue the process he'd begun in his people, to prepare for the Lord's coming, to look towards the east. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to set his people free. He has raised him up for, for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Zechariah didn't initially believe what the angel Gabriel told him, that John will one day be born. Like his ancestors Abraham and Sarah, when the impossible is about to become possible, for all of his personal righteousness, for all of his faith, he still has doubts. Luckily for you, that's a sermon for another day. But Gabriel tells him he will not speak again until John is born. And the day... John is born, and after confirming the name the angel told him was the name that was chosen, he suddenly could speak. And according to verse 67 of Luke chapter 1, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And what we said this morning was what came out after nine months of silence. 
free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins and the tender compassion of our God. From, on, from the dawn of time will break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet to the way of peace. God was doing all this, sending John to prepare the way of the Lord, making the mountains low and filling in the valleys of his love and compassion for us. John in his preaching confirms it. He went to the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it was written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. God put his plans in motion out of his great love for us to reconcile us to himself, everyone, so that all flesh would see God. And when he ascended after his resurrection, and there were men who stood and talked to the disciples, they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking to the heavens? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Look towards the east. Paul, living after that first coming, says, I'm constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day till now. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is praying that the faithfulness to love and minister to others, confident in the fact that Jesus will finish what he started in them one day on the day of Christ. Paul Paul longs to see the Philippians again, a church that began in earnest after Paul and Silas were imprisoned and miraculously saw the doors to the prison spring open. And that church has continued to love and support Paul throughout his imprisonment, throughout his struggles to preach the gospel. And because of that, he longs in Christ's compassion to be with them and not where he is right now, waiting. And Paul's praying that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless. Notice, Paul doesn't say here it's their knowledge that should be overflowing. It's their love. It's influenced by the knowledge of what God wants us to do, how we should live. It's influenced knowing that the change will be completed when we go home or when he comes back to get us. But this morning, let your love overflow. Share the love of God with those he puts in front of you, including especially those that make you uncomfortable or aren't like you. Let us all be able to continue to look with the East for his return with confidence. Amen.